This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality here in Asia Torah, in the old city of Jerusalem, overlooking the Temple Mount. Materialism. Westernism. Materialism and Westernism, they go together. They go together. In fact, the father of all Westernism was Jacob's twin brother, whose name in English they call him Esau or something, but we call him Esau. And, uh, and Esau was, was the first like hardcore materialist and the progenitor of Westernism. If you actually follow his progeny as listed in the Torah, it goes straight to like uh, Western Europe. Like it literally goes straight to Western Europe, who Esau who, uh, is. And in fact, uh, our term for Esau is, uh, he has a nickname, which is Edom. Uh, Edom, and uh, and the uh, and the Romans were called the Ed, like the Edomites. Like right now, we're in, still in the Roman exile because they destroyed the second temple, and we still haven't built the third. So this is called Galut Edom, Galus Edom, the the Roman exile. And you see, the very beginning of the story shows Asav trading his birthright for a bowl of soup. He trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. Materialism. Like, why do I need to worry about it later when I can have it now? Like, the soup's available now. Why would I wait? And then later he wants to kill Jacob for, for you know, Jacob conniving his way into getting not only the birthright, but he later got the blessings from Jacob. I'm sorry, from Isaac, Yitzchak. And uh, later, Jacob's on his way back into the land. Esau's waiting to kill him. So he's like standing on the border to kill him with an army of 400 men. And Jacob's like, oh, I know my brother, Asa. He's a materialist. All I got to do is just send him gifts. Just keep sending him stuff. I'm going to send whole, whole entourages with gifts. And Asa's, he got stuck again. Oh, this is for me, for me, for me, for me, for me, for me. He's the father of materialism. And ultimately, Europe wound up becoming, uh, you know, one of the only areas in the world that was what's, what you call imperialist. They were expansionist, which is really interesting because they're the direct progeny. Europe's not only the progeny of Asaph, they're the progeny of Noah's oldest son, Yafet. And the word Yafet doesn't only mean external beauty, which is also very Western, but it also means to expand. And in fact, Noah's blessing, Noah's blessing to Yafet was that he should expand. And boy, did Europe expand. But why were they expanding? Because they thought their country, they needed more room? The opposite. The, the, the Greeks and the, the people who lived in that generation, the Romans, they had a lack of population issue. They didn't need more room, but what they needed was more stuff. They needed more stuff. Westerners like stuff. They like lots of stuff. They are consumers. And they just eat, neat, 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 neat. Westerners eat. They consume. And, well, you need resources for that. And so they're going to move into Costa Rica and they're going to get the bananas. And they're going to move into South America and they're going to get the coffee. And they're going to move into South America and get the, the tobacco. And they're going to go from place, they're going to move into Israel and get the olives for the oil and the, and the grapes for their vineyards. And 
yeah, they're expansionists, and they're 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 they'll take over the world if they could. I remember surfing in Indonesia. I was in a the jungles there on my way to the next surf spot, and, and uh, we ran into a Dutch church that looked literally hundreds of years old, and no one had ever been in there for at least a couple hundred years. The island we were on was was uh, was um, Hindu. Uh, we were on, and uh, Indonesia is uh, Muslim except for Bali, and and here we run into a Dutch church. What were the Dutch doing? But what was really interesting was when I got to uh, a particular area of the jungle where they showed me my my lodging, there was a circle around a palm tree. Or not a circle, but like a semicircle around a palm tree of the villagers. And they were all staring up at the palm tree, including the elders. And I was like, what are they doing over there? And then I saw that there was a screen that it was attached to the palm tree and a satellite dish at the top of the palm tree. And they were watching satellite television. In other words, the expansion of Westerners, once it hit Hollywood and could actually be transported out, like broadcast like that, has it just takes the most unassuming people away from everything good and everything true and real and all values and connection and intimacy and personal relationships and, and privacy and takes it all away just sweeps it away and so we all have to take a deep look into how we interact with the physical world around us to make sure that it's there to augment our relationship with God, but not, God forbid, to decrease it. How many people can raise their hand and say that they're able to use the physical, material world to get closer to God with balance in such a way that it really never takes them down? How many of us could say we, we've got that? And if you don't have it, so then does that mean you're forbidden to it because everything you eat everything you touch everything you see in the physical world is temporal it will not last more than it will last whereas everything you do in your spiritual life is forever it's eternal everything you do spiritually is eternal now Asaph doesn't care about the future but Jewish people we know that this whole world is just a projection. It's being projected all around you. It's a hologram. And your body is just an avatar that surrounds your soul. And we know that we're here to make decisions based on the eternity. But every decision we make towards the material is temporal, unless, of course, we're on the level of harnessing it for spirituality. If you're not on the level to harness materialism for spirituality, so then don't you have to go the other way? Wouldn't the Rambam say that you need to clear out materialism from your life totally? You have to go extreme the other way. And then you can start inviting it back in because we're also not Buddhists. We're not monks on the top of the Himalayas wearing bedsheets. You know, eating out of, uh, out of uh, you know... Uh, 
<laughs> eating porridge off of uh, large leaves from, you know, the exotic trees over there. That, that's not us. We're not those people. We're Jews. We're supposed to be involved. We're supposed to be interfaced. We're the children of Israel. Children of Israel don't live in meditation centers. We live in the physical world. We have a whole Talmud talking about how to interact with the world physically when you get in all your legal discrepancies and your, everything you've got to deal with. It's all in our Torah. So we are supposed to be interfacing with the material world. But you've got to know how you do it, how to do it, or you've got to back off. You've got to back off from the material world. You can take a, a, a what would you call it, a material location, a materialism vacation, maybe. Just to back off for a while. I personally love my outfit because uh, when when, in my surfer years, I used to wear just surf shorts every day. And if there, if there was a potential for glass or nails, I would wear flip-flops. Otherwise, my calluses were so thick on my feet that shoes were completely unnecessary. You know, unless it was something extreme. But I, I just had very thick calloused feet. And um, it was like I had a layer of sole under my feet. And uh, when I discovered the, the black hatitude community in Israel, I realized they change clothes about as frequently as I do. Meaning, never. <laughs> I never, I mean, all I wore was surf shorts, you know, and whatever t-shirt was on top of the pile. And my, my housekeepers had to like make sure they juggle my shirts a bit because I would wind up in the same shirt every day because I paid no attention to these things. And, and now I get to be in this outfit like every day. It's, it's, it's great. I never have to think about what I'm putting on each day. Never, ever, ever. It never, ever comes up. Ever. What I'm wearing today never comes up. And there, but a lot of other stuff's coming up. And thank God I got plenty of real estate for that, like mental real estate for the important stuff, because what I wear will not be something I'll be thinking about at all. And I got lucky that I have natural pace like this. <laughs> thank God, because had I didn't, if I couldn't come out of the mikvah like in like this, and I go to the mikvah in the morning and every morning, and if I if it didn't come out like this, I can't imagine what would have happened, because because I I'm not a big mirror guy. And I probably would never have, I'd never know. You know, what I, I'd probably look like, I don't know what I'd look like. Some crazy Krusty the Clown or something. Anyway, but we can all take a vacation from the material world. Um, I think it's probably good to go a little extreme against materialism for anybody for half a year to a year. Just back off. Back off, pretend you're Buddhist for half a year to a year. Still, you got to eat Shabbos meals. I mean, no fasting on Shabbos. And, and I don't think people should be fasting much at all anyway. But they, but you, you got to really, I think all of us could use a vacation. Just back off. And with food as well. Re, recalibrate your relationship to the material world so that it's not in the way and that it's just there to, to clo- get you closer to God, who created all this stuff. <laughs> God's the one who made it, you know. But he made it in such a way that we use it, not that we get
get, you know, wrapped up in it and lost. So what's interesting is that when immigrants move to the U.S., they are embarrassed by their accents. And they're also embarrassed by their lack of education. Um, you know, in the U.S., it's, it's, university is almost considered like 13th grade. It's not if you're going to go, it's just where you're going to go. And, and so here these immigrants come in and they're like, you know, hopefully they graduated something somewhere, but university is not where, where they came from. And they have thick accents from Iran or Europe or wherever. And it's pretty embarrassing. And then they're going to work their tails off to make sure that does not happen to their children. And they'll... We're good again? So they'll even put their... Um, they'll put Gentile names on their children's passports. Like, I mean, they'll give them Gentile names. And... Um, And you know what this is all... Oh, and eventually the kids, you know, they'll work their tails off so they can afford all of the American stuff for their kids. And then their kids can now be these educated people and become professionals, even the daughters. I mean, I've had, to, I've, I've had Persian girls who have to leave Israel and not find out how to keep Shabbos properly, which would take about a year of study and a year of being here and keeping the holidays properly. I've had to call their father in Beverly Hills or wherever he lives and say like, your daughter doesn't have to be a dentist, you know? And if she really, really has to be a dentist because you say so, let her become a dentist in another year because this poor girl's trying to learn how to keep Shabbos. And Shabbat, sorry. She wants to learn how to keep Shabbat. And why don't you get off her case, man? When's the last time there was a female dentist in your family? You know, like, give her a break. It's not, we're not even talking about the boy. You know, this is the girl. And this is how insecure people can get. And so, but eventually they get the American dream. And a lot of people think the American dream is for those immigrants. That's not the American dream. The American dream is when they can look at their grandchildren and recognize what good Americans, how great they did with moving to America. Because look at our grandchildren. They're fully integrated. That's the American dream. The American dream isn't the immigrants. The American dream is the grandkids. The grandkids. But from a Jewish perspective, we call that the American nightmare. We call that the absolute disintegration of all values that are eternal and important to creation. The purpose of God making this place. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. And you want to know something, this isn't unique to Jews. I mean, I'm sure every, every region of the world that has moved into America, you know, to make their little Chinatown or whatever it is, I promise you they had wisdom going back thousands of years that has sustained those communities that has gone now. It's gone. I think maybe companies like National Geographic should take the U.S. to task. And stand there at the border and say, hey, you want to come into America? Okay, you tell us what you're not willing to lose. What part of your culture are you not willing to give away? To feed the, to, to pay off the devil of America? To, you know, what, what are you not willing to give up on? 
And then we're going to take the U.S. government to task to make sure you enable this community to continue in their traditions. At least these ten things. These ten things, we're going to make sure they can keep them. We're going we're to educate their children to keep these ten things so that the wisdom of their past doesn't get washed out in the American dream. ASOPs, the United States of ASOP. And the strange thing is, a lot of these people came from wars and stuff, you know. And not everyone just gets to move to the U.S. You know, usually it comes from some, they're, they're, where they're from became a hellhole. But here's the crazy thing, and here's how you know how bad it is. You want to know what's the acid test of how bad the, the magnetic pull towards asavism is? Is that later, if their countries actually right themselves, like the country actually gets safe? Or like a population of the country moved somewhere like Israel where you can actually practice as a Jew safely or something. Meaning like it became safe somewhere. They don't move back. They won't move back. They'll stay there. They get addicted to their mud. They get addicted to the materialism of the, of the U.S. Of, of ASOS. The, you know, it's, it, it, whatever Western country is the most powerful is always the pinnacle of ASOS. And they won't even move back. Or they, they won't move to where it's safe to be without all that influence of materialism. They'll, they'll just get stuck there, which is weird. Because now they can safely move and they don't. Which shows you that they're helpless. They, they, they can't even pick themselves up to leave. And then they're going to invest their children into that world. They're going to marry off their kids and start their son-in-laws in businesses. And get them just as stuck. Till they can't leave either. And you wonder why the world is the way the world is. <laughs> and then, of course, God will pull out anti-Semitism. And you know what the answer to anti-Semitism is? I mean, it's insane that I'm about to say this when we're only 70-plus years from the Holocaust. But you know what their answer is to anti-Semitism? It's more security. More security is the answer. Maybe we'll put police outside our shuls. Maybe we'll make a perimeter thing. You've got to get through a perimeter to get into the shul. More security? That's the answer? You know what? I have an image in my head that someone should make. Rabbi, I have an image in my head that someone should make, and I'll end with this. Is, uh, a, you know how the Pesach books for kids, they have pictures in them and stuff, with leaving Egypt? Is that the Jews don't leave Egypt. They create perimeter um, security around Goshen. Yeah, so like... So, like, they, they're, they're not going to leave. Like, Moses, enjoy. Go, go on your little teul into the desert. Because you think the answers for the hell we've been through in Egypt and the material ervasa'arets of Egypt and the, the most material place on earth was Egypt. You think the answer is going to Israel? No, the answer is more security. Homeland security. Let's create a perimeter around our community and protect our addiction to exile. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.